Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name's Colin on the C. Uh, not joining me this week is DJ on the Z. Instead is uh, Richard the R. Hello, Richard. Hello. It is a great pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, yeah. Pleasure to be here. Uh, this for is those a first you... for me. Yes, this is, this is your first podcast. Yep. Ooh. Um, so, uh, treat this, me gently. This is, uh, well, this is the 88th C to Z episode, although only the 87th that I've been on, because uh, Zijan once did one solo. Uh, for those of you who don't know Richard, uh, um, we're going to find out a little bit more about Richard. Uh, we're going to put. I haven't warned you about this. Actually, we're going to put you <laughs> Fantastic. under the microscope. Uh, he is a friend from university. Uh, but Richard, tell us, tell me about your your, your film likes and dislikes. What, what kind of films? Uh, what, what what's your favourite film? Do you have a favourite film? Uh, my favourite film is probably Rain Man. Oh yeah, which um, I love for Dustin Hoffman's performance, and it's it's just something that absolutely grabbed me. He's so method and it's so believable and realistic. It's such a, a detailed performance of somebody with a, a unique uh, persona it's very sensitively handled and it, it's just it's beautifully touching in its honesty yeah and a sneak preview though because today we're going to be talking about uh, um among other things uh the top 10 or our top 10 or no no the, the definitive top 10 uh films beginning <laughs> with the letter r so that's a little sneak preview of what might be towards the top of your list um, well, but it was a freebie for me <laughs> yeah. um any films that you or genres that you actively dislike anything you steer away from um, sort of slasher horror stuff is okay. not really my kind of thing. I, I guess I can see the appeal. I've never really gone into it, but I, I will. I have a watch of most anything. If it's, if it's a particularly good example of any genre, mm. I will. film for me is about getting out of myself more than anything else. Okay. So if it transports me to another world, I don't really mind the genre or the world. As, uh, as long-term listeners will know, neither Zizi and I are horror fans, um, so you're, you're in good company uh, there. This is, I, it just struck me, this, this is exciting, because I think it's the first time uh, we've ever had anyone on the podcast who has their own IMDb page. <laughs> this is true. Uh, tell, 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 tell us about that, Richard. Tell us about your, your, uh, your fame. <laughs> it's a very loose definition of the word fame. Uh, I have been doing amateur theatre since I was 14. And through that, I know a few local filmmakers. And I was lucky enough to get a small part in a couple of films that then got submitted to some local festivals. And, and as, as such, they were legitimately on the film circuit. They qualified for entry on IMDb and I'm listed has a few roles in that. There's a 10-minute short called Toast, and before that was a feature-length film called Pal, and I have a small part in. Nice. And I'm credited as Richard Baldwin of Brackets 3, and there's no picture, and there's simply no way of me proving that it's me. <laughs> Is there a Richard Baldwin 4, or are you are you the the last of the Baldwins on the... Uh... I, I may well be the last of my name. I haven't checked. I, apart from just working out, yes, that one's me. Yeah. Um, there, there is a Colin Thomas on there, at least one. There's the Colin Thomas um, who had uh, a various supporting roles, including appearing in Doctor Who. But he doesn't seem to have made much of a name for himself. Um, so there's still <laughs> there's still time for me. Uh, you got you got so, anything um, coming up? Any any new films? Uh, yeah, I am actually going to be in my first lead role in a in a feature film. Again, a local independent one. A chap I know called Lee Price, who's based in Hinkley, is um is actually cut together a trailer for that. Um, Oh, is that available? I'm in. It is. It will be. You know, he's put the trailer out um, on Facebook. The film's oh, yeah. called Sam and Dan Get Lost. Nice. Um, but I don't think. I think that was out as as something for a friend's show reel. I'm not sure it's generally out yet. But oh, we yeah. still very much. I've got a couple of more scenes to to film, which we're hoping to do. That's all very exciting. Soon. Um, looking to get a rough cut this year. Not got a release date for it yet but it's just been something completely new for me i've really really enjoyed doing it yeah oh that's awesome that's awesome and um, there are some questions i ask people whenever they come on here and uh, i never prepare anyone and um it's always awkward silences because no one's ever thought of this before um, <laughs> but sometimes i cut them out sometimes i leave them in um if if there was a film of your life richard um uh-huh. two questions uh what would it be called and who would play you assuming that it wasn't you <laughs> Yep, that that's a question you should give people notice. I really should. Every time I do, every time I do this, I think I should give advance notice of this, and I never do. Um, now, as to who will play me, I have been told that I look like Johnny Depp. However, I 
That <laughs> was Johnny Depp in The Corpse Bride. Oh, right. I was going to say... <laughs> so if, there's I a, mean, if there's a way of getting that in... I, 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 I've known you for a long time, Rich. Um, we, 15 years we've known each other. And I, I must confess, never once I thought, I'm hanging around with Johnny Depp. Well, um, great actor that does kind of look like me from certain angles is John Sim. Oh, yeah. I, I, can, I, I quite like him. I can like, see that. The, the angle is sort of three quarters away. But I, and I watched Ashes to Ashes with him, and any time he was just, just that angle, it looked like he had my face. It was very cool to see myself on television. Awesome. Well, John Sim, you've got the gig. Um, I call it If I Were Rich, dot, dot, dot. Oh, there you go. It could be a Fiddle on the Roof spin-off as well. Um, <laughs> we... Well, that, that, well, oh, yes. What was the? Uh, do, you, do you go to the cinema much, Richard? Are you much of a cinema goer? I'm not. I would like to be, but it's... I never really find... I, I, I see trailers for films, and I go, that'll be great, and then I never get around to seeing them, and that's <laughs> sort of how I enjoy cinema. Um, I've seen John Wick 3 probably most recently. Oh, yeah. Which was great. Best one of the three for me. Really, really enjoyed it. But that's a, certainly a film that gets you out of yourself. doesn't pretend to be anything it's not, but what it does, it does very well for me, and Keanu Reeves is just... Cool. I mean, he doesn't love Keanu Reeves, but Bill and Ted 3, I must admit, is the, the Keanu film I'm most looking forward to. Um, <laughs> which is on its way. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, okay, we're going to start with the. Uh, well, we already have started. We're going to carry on with um, with the news segment. Um, this is well. This this will be interesting to see whether this is any of this is interest to you. Um, <laughs> Because uh, who knows? Um, but the the big news, or some of the big news, um, have you have you come across a film called The Irishman? Y- yes, I know the name, and I know to be excited about it. Yes, uh, I can't remember why. There's some huge names involved in it. That's right. It's the new Martin Scorsese film. It's coming straight it to is. Netflix. Uh, it's got Robert De Niro, uh, Al Pacino, the first time he's done a Scorsese mm-hmm. film, uh, Joe Pesci, um, Bobby Cannavale uh, is in it, Harvey Keitel, uh, Ray Romano. It's uh, People are possibly less excited by that, although Ray Romano is great. Uh, anyway... De-aging them for it as well. That's right. So we, we've <laughs> not, we've now seen some footage from that. Not not um, they've kind of played, kept their cards fairly close to chest, but we've seen some of the the de-aging. So it's not kind of going back to um, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull kind of era, but it is going back maybe to kind of Casino, kind of maybe twenty twenty five years ago. Uh, in what we've seen so far, I think it is going to go back much further um, throughout. It's. Um, so it's coming. The news we've got now, it's, it's got a release date, so it's coming out on the 27th of November on Netflix. It's getting a limited cinema release on the 1st of November, which is basically just so that they can uh, they can get an Oscar uh-huh. um, <laughs> nomination, or a few Oscar nominations, hopefully. Um, but the other news, and this, this, is, uh, this is of particular interest to me, is that the film is 210 minutes long. That's three and a wow. half hours for people who can't uh, divide by 60 quickly. Uh, and Richard, you're familiar with my theory that no film needs to be longer than two and a half hours long. Um, I am. And I believe you disagree with it. I, I do disagree with it. I think a story is as long as the story dictates it is. And for some films, that, that is right. I mean, example for me would be The Godfather. I watched that, and that is certainly longer than two and a half hours. And it feels longer than two and a half hours, but the pacing is right. There's nothing I would have taken out of it. And for me, that film needed to be that long. Obviously, that's a quite a critically acclaimed it's, example it's quite a, and quite there's certainly a, a, a lot of examples of films that are too long there was a trend a few years ago of like films weren't getting taken seriously if they weren't three hours long yeah and i think scorsese is probably as guilty as anyone of um letting his films go too long so something like the wolf of wall street which i enjoyed i find it difficult to believe that he came out of that and said yep that's that's as tight as we can make it i think you could have lost a lot of time from that um I mean, I've got, the fact it's on Netflix means I can watch it in two sittings, so I'm not going to uh, complain too mm. much. Uh, but I'm very excited by that. It's been a long so Casino, which was 1990, maybe certainly early 90s, is the first time, or so it's the last time that De Niro and Scorsese worked together. So this is a an exciting reunion. It it speaks a lot of the the legitimacy of play streaming services like Netflix as a platform mm. that mm. actors are being given the free reign, like. Long-running TV series, they have more to do. There's more of a character arc. There's, there's more. It's more interesting to actors, and now it's becoming more and more mainstream, and more and more the focus that people are excited about. It's it's as well. It's it's spending more money. So much money. And people and are getting involved, and it's it's a really interesting sort of 
transition to see. Because it's interesting that um, there's so much, so yeah, big names, big films are getting released on Netflix. Most people who watch Netflix watch on a on a TV screen at most. I, I mean, mm-hmm. some people obviously have their home cinema stuff, but it's basically a small screen uh, medium, which is interesting for films like Annihilation, which was kind of huge, ep- well, kind of epic effects and all this and, and visuals and was really designed for a big screen. And I think um, quite disappointingly didn't get to sit on a big screen. But whereas something like this, which is, one can assume, kind of more character-based, mm-hmm. uh, you don't need to see that on a big screen, although I say there's a, a limited release apparently. Uh, this one has an interesting background actually in that um, I, th- I can't remember which studio it was maybe it was Universal it was no maybe not anyway it was it was going to be cinematic released and then they basically the studio got scared with the with the budget and that's yeah. when it got moved over to Netflix uh, well we can't agree on the length of time a film should be how long Richard do you think a film should take to film oh gosh that that depends <laughs> It's um it's a leading question. Moving into the next news item, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> Richard Dinklater is filming um, "Merrily We Roll Along" um, over the course of the next twenty years. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so this is a, a new thing. It's going to star Ben Platt and Beanie Feldstein. Um, it takes place over the course of twenty years. The script. So he's like, well, let's film it for twenty years, which seems ambitious. Um, it's. It's a way of doing it. Um, yeah, I mean, Richard Linklater is in his late 60s, I believe. So he's he's planning out um, a career long into when most of us would be retired. Um, maybe his late 50s, but it was, uh, a long time ago. He did a film called Boyhood a few years ago, which was filmed over 12 years. So he's... So, all of which pales into insignificance to me when you compare it to John Malkovich's film that no one will see for 100 years. Oh, Yes. Why again? I can't remember why this happened. <laughs> because it was something to do with a hundred-year-old whiskey. All right, <laughs> good enough. A whiskey that would take a hundred years to make, and there was as part of the publicity for that, John Malkovich did a film that no one will see for a hundred uh, years, and everyone is sworn to secrecy. It's in a time release vault. It's just that's mad. That's well, I love it because I, it's the same way that this film will take twenty years, and the passage of time will become part of the artistic. Nature of the film. Yeah. It's just like this is it's sort of no one who is alive will see this film. And I'm like, okay, fine. And that's the point of it. That, that is intriguing. So, um, I mean, and this is interesting because I mean, someone like Beanie Felstein, I think she's really promising, but she's who knows where she, she could be the biggest actress in the world in 20 years, or she could, <laughs> yeah. in, in another world, decided that she wants to give up her career entirely. And this is. Um, and she's actually committing to being an actor now, I guess. Uh, which, fairly, she's already it's, already was. But, um, just the ambition is is artistically beautiful for me. Hmm. Yeah, I love the idea. I wonder if it will come to pass or whether they'll. You think there's a lot of things might get in the way of this. Uh, good luck to them. Um, there's some news about was it, odd, odd news about uh, a director for Tomb Raider Two. Uh, I don't know okay. if you saw the first Tomb Raider uh, or the the most recent Tomb Raider. I uh, know. No, I've, I've, not since Angelina Jolie have I mm. seen a Tomb Raider. Uh, there was a new one a couple of years ago, maybe last year, starring Alicia Vikander. It wasn't very good. Um, but Ben Wheatley is going to be directing the sequel. Um, who was kind of um, he's done Free Fire and uh, Sightseers, but basically kind of a generally fairly low budget British, sometimes horror, but kind of a very well regarded director. And it seems very strange to me that he's taken that on. Um, but fascinating I think big studios maybe are trusting more to individualistic directors than they used to so rather than just saying right we we need a, a gun for hire they're saying okay this guy knows what he's doing let's give him a bit more free reign maybe just being British is enough and our, our reputation will do yeah that'll be it <laughs> yeah um, uh, well good luck to him Tomb Raider 2 was probably the best Tomb Raider game of the one that I played. Um, speaking of <laughs> uh, speaking of curious um, directors' sequels, uh, the Suicide Squad we already know is being directed by James Gunn, um, but it announced Peter Capaldi and Taika Waititi. Well, I think Taika Waititi is in talks uh, to join the cast. Yes, I'd seen uh, Peter Capaldi was on board. Hmm. Did you see the first Suicide Squad? No, I didn't. That's another one of those that I saw the trailer for and thought, well, that's interesting, and then that's as, that's as far as I went. To be honest, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the film. Um, it's it's not good. It's uh, it's a weird one actually because they they actually brought in the trailer company to do the edit of the film, um, 
effectively because they wanted to make it like a two-hour trailer. <laughs> it was. It's it struck me as as a film that I would be happy to watch just for like the, the style of it. That like, the soundtrack was great. The the look was great, and I probably would have been enough for me. So oh, yeah, it's I'm... not very like me, but it's like okay. I just I did look so stylish. I thought it was a really cool concept. I think it was a nice idea, and and you're right, it's, it's got a great start to it. But the, the problem, I think, because the film is made like a trailer, it doesn't have the depth you might have. So it's, yeah, it's got the cool songs and the great look, but it feels like it's dragged pretty thin, and the characters aren't developed. Um, it's very uneven in that way. Uh, but again, I think hopes for the second one because James Gunn, who's best known for Guardians of the Galaxy, um, he's on mm-hmm. board. He's a proper director. Uh, it's got a, Margot Robbie was 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 good in it, and um, she's coming back. So, because Guardians of the Galaxy had that stylistic thing all of a sudden that we, we all think we know the comic book genre, but that Guardians is is a thing in and of itself. And I think that's a really good fit with the Suicide Squad. Yeah, and I don't know if you know the the, the interesting history of this one, but James Gunn was was basically fired from Guardians of the Galaxy th- uh, three um, because of some tweets that people dug out where he wasn't very sensible mm-hmm. yes uh, and then he agrees to the Suicide Squad which as you say it's, it's got a lot of similarities with Guardians in style uh, potentially and then he got brought back for Guardians 3 so he's now doing both of them um, which uh, might make him the only director to do a DC and a Marvel um, but might not who does research uh, <laughs> Christopher Nolan I know you're a Christopher Nolan fan I am indeed uh, his next film Tenet um, Himesh Patel has joined the cast uh, who, if you ever saw the trailers or the, the film of yesterday, was the star of that. Mm-hmm. So he's the, the latest to join. Uh, we don't know much about this. We know it's a spy film. Um, it sounds a bit like it's Christopher Nolan's t- trying to do a James Bond because um, he's never going to do James Bond. But um, Christopher Nolan being Christopher Nolan, it's going to be there's uh, going to be a twist on it. Um, sure. Christopher Nolan is is always exciting with his casting choices. Uh, over oh, yeah. the years, have gone really, and then been absolutely blown away so hmm. yeah i must admit i, I absolutely love um inception and memento Isn't that absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic films his more recent ones dunkirk and interstellar i i've been less impressed with and in fairness dunkirk and interstellar other people love them so some more casting Haley atwell has joined the cast of mission impossible seven um seven seven wow <laughs> yeah um, I had to I had to check that one when I was writing that. <laughs> I, was like, I think that's right because they they stopped numbering some time ago. Um, now I don't know if you're a frequent listener to the the show, Rich, but there there are two um, pieces of news that come up with with uh, regularity. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they're both coming up this time. Um, the Flash film has got a new director. Um, that's good. This happens every few weeks. Um, or a new script every few weeks. Uh, the Flash, being a member of the Justice League, he's the fastest man on earth. Uh, played by Ezra Miller and Andy Muschietti, or Muschietti, or Muschietti, um, who is the director of It, chapters one and two, uh, is the latest man to direct this. Um, find tune in next time to find out who the new director is uh, after him. Uh, and the other piece of news that always comes up is that people want to make trilogies. Um, James Cameron ah. hopes that the new Terminator film will spark a trilogy, much as the last two Terminator films um, were hoped to do, and neither of those did. So that's not a hold our breath there. Uh, wh- wh- have you seen the uh, the more recent Terminator films? No, I stopped at two. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I-, I enjoy some of them, but yeah, they, they did they peaked at two. Um, but this one is ignoring basically everything that happened after two, and uh, and pretending this is a, a fresh start. So this is a whole new level to the story. Is as long as it needs to be, but now it's too long, and you can cut a bit out. Like when you're spinning yes. out a story with the intention of spinning it out to a trilogy, that's that's next level. That's fair play. Yeah, you crack on. I, I mean, it does seem that every new film, as I say, they do uh, hope for a trilogy. Although I'm not sure they've actually gone so far as to scripted out or even basic plot points um, why make one film when you can make at least three or five uh, I've always said um, that's all the news I have I don't know whether you collected any news um, I 
I, I did a quick a quick scout through. I've some less films themselves related news. Oh yeah. In that um, I discovered that there are cruise ships in Venice, and they're not happy about that at the Venice Film Festival. Oh right. There's, there've been protests at the Venice Film Festival about what? the um, climate impact of large cruise ships and the more localized impact of the ships on bits of Venice itself. So they're not oh, particularly right. pleased to have big old cruise ships in Venice. And um, Sean Connery is fine, is the other thing I learned this week. Oh, good. Did we think he wasn't? Yeah, he was caught up in Hurricane Dorian. He lives in the Bahamas. Oh, right. And he was holed up in his mansion. Oh. Worst place to be holed up during a Category 5 hurricane, but it was a Category 5 hurricane. So Ooh. I read an article on USA Today which said he was shaken, but still alive. Which That's... I thought was um, fine. That kind of works. Yep. <laughs> um... Uh, any updates on any of the other James Bond actors? Are they all fine? I, I assume so. Cool. Um, good. Good. It's a relief. I always like to check in on Timothy Dalton. Uh, no, Someone needs to. Yeah. Certainly not, not the cinema going public. Um, sorry, Tim. <laughs> now, Richard, you're a, you're a man who has watched the 50 uh, most Highest rated, most highest rated, the fifty uh, best reviewed or highest rated, whatever it is, films on IMDb. I, I am. Um, this comes with a caveat that it was the fifty highest rated films in about February 2013, and I had a lot of fun trying to find out what that list was when I first watched it. Oh yeah, I don't know. Oh, oh, let's let's talk about that for a while. W- were there any um, pleasant surprises? Anything that uh, was a disappointment? You thought was going to be great and you didn't love? Any anything that sparked you off on a new uh, search? The whole list came about as a self-improvement thing, because I was a bit sick of admitting to people that I'd never seen Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. Or insert film here. So sure. I, so um, I pledged over the course of a year to watch the top 50 of them. It was. I thought about one a week. Had you seen many of them already? Or? Um, about 15 of them. So okay. So it's still quite... I had to do a fair amount. Um... But yeah, there's, there's absolutely so there are there are those films that I was going to get round to eventually. It inspired me to do that. But then there were tons of films on the list that I would never have seen had I not done mm. this before. So um, one first one that springs to mind is probably Twelve Angry Men. Oh which yeah, is yeah. a wonderful, wonderful film, and that's that's one that you've nowhere to hide as as an actor. You mm. twelve guys in a room. And the whole film hinges on these performances and this this series, this feeling of tension, and it's it was absolutely it absolutely blew me away, and it's it's become one of my favourite films. Oh. And I would never have seen it had I done this. So that was that was pretty awesome. Would you um, would you describe it as a courtroom drama? I I only asked because we did it last week in our um, well last time in our list of courtroom dramas, and we couldn't work ah. out whether it was a courtroom drama or not. I suppose it's a room in a court. But that's, that was our theory. Well, we didn't we didn't explain it quite that well. We were just like, yeah, probably. Um, oh well, you'll have covered that in detail. I'll skip on. Uh, to be honest, we rattled through, so we didn't cover much in detail. Um, uh, the 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 very interesting thing about Twelve Angry Men, then, as we're here, yep. is that it is filmed with a series of tighter and tighter lenses. Oh right. Which makes the room feel more and more claustrophobic as the film goes on, which is something you don't notice. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Knowing that you watch it again and you go, oh, very clever. Hmm. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Um, I used to have a, a poster that was kind of ch- following uh, actors through, like characters through films. So you have like the Lord of the Rings trilogy where you'd have them go off, like, here, they, here they go off to Rivendell, here they go off to wherever else, and kind of characters separating and rejoining and stuff, and Jurassic Park and Star Wars. And then there's 12 Angry Men, it was just like 12 parallel lines. Yes. <laughs> <It> was, <really good. laughs> that, was, that was XKCD, wasn't it? That was all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I've occasionally thought of doing something similar to what you've done, um, but I, I say I don't do horror um and there's so and there's a few films like some like seven i don't think i could i'm sure it's brilliant oh, I, I couldn't bring myself to watch it is an incredible film yeah and the way i always describe seven to people is that after i finished watching it i felt like i'd been stabbed in the chest That's yeah how it felt to me like it wonderful amazing incredible it hits well it does everything it's, it's a wonderful piece of cinema and i will never watch it again. yeah yeah i think um i understand that reaction yeah is there much? Is there much foreign language stuff on the list? Uh, there is Spirited Away was on there. Oh which, yeah. Um, I watched with subtitles as opposed to dubbing, but the dubbing is actually very good. Hmm. 
if you want to watch that version. Um, City of God. That's Brazilian, is isn't it? There, yes. Yeah. Um, that's a absolute, that's a that's an absolutely cracking film because it, it 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 is on the list. Um, Seven Samurai is there. That's another film that is long but is right. Okay, I've only seen. Uh, uh, in fact, I've seen both versions of Magnificent. Yes, both versions of Magnificent Seven, but never Seven Samurai. Uh, new one's really good. I really enjoyed the new Magnificent Seven. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. In fact, I said it's Zijan, but um, it didn't get very well reviewed, which I thought was harsh. I thought it was quite, it was fun. Directed by the same guy who directed the uh, the Gangsters Paradise video. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Uh, was Was there anything on the list that you were unimpressed by? Anything that you uh, thought was overrated? I, I was underwhelmed by Alien, mm. which surprised me. Like I. I put myself in like the nineteen seventy nine mindset and not really seen anything like that and before and I I can see why it had the impact that it had and like the the look and the feel and the mise en scène if you'll forgive Ooh. the expression. Oh, we don't get that kind of stuff, Zijan. This is uh... <laughs> um, it's it means the stuff, <laughs> the stuff, the stuff that makes the film. Because I'm a... wonderful, but I it it didn't carry as like the behaviour of people for me. I didn't mm. I. I didn't get invested in in the characters. I had the same feeling, to be honest. It was uh, I was quite bored, if I'm honest. Um, and I think maybe because I'm sure you did. We, I kind of knew the plot. I knew the chest burster scene and all that stuff. So it wasn't it wasn't a surprise. Mm. Which I think maybe maybe it's the shock impact was a lot of the reason it was popular. But um, yeah, I, I've I've only I've seen a few Aliens films and I've not been blown away by any mm. of them. So. Well, whereas Aliens, I really enjoyed. Oh, okay. Aliens must be on the list as well. Yeah, it it is. When I did the list, it was about sixty odds. So oh, I, really? I didn't do okay. it. I, yeah. I because I'd watched Alien. I also watched Aliens with a friend as well. Another one, and I apologise. I gave it an absolute fair viewing, but I still don't get on with Star Wars. Okay, well, thanks for trying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which which version did you watch, Ivan? Just I watched. And I tried to do this where possible with the list. I watched the cinematic release. Oh, so yeah. Hand shot first, and I understand that's important. Nice. That's big. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's had... There have been some people that I've I've sat down to watch Star Wars thinking they're not going to like this at all, and have, they've surprised me, and they have. Uh, there are some people that I thought were not going to like it, like my brother, and he did not. Um, uh, I, I I came to it late. I was 18 when I first saw it. Uh, but I, I love it. I think it's it's fantastic. And in fact, so we, we when my brother was on the podcast, we did um, the top ten films beginning with letter S, and I can confirm that Star Wars uh, was the the winning film for that, much yeah. to his chagrin. Um, chagrin. Anyway. Chagrin. Chagrin. It's all French this time. We're English. We can say it how we like. I think that's that's basically with right. A long and noble history of butchering beautiful languages. Yep, and butchering the French. Um, <laughs> Never not topical. <laughs> uh, so, would uh, would you rec- all in all uh, recommend this this pursuit to our listeners? Absolutely, I'm really really pleased I've done it. I mean, even if you just look through and go, oh yeah, I should get round to it. It just catalyzes you to getting round to watching mm. a few films that you, you haven't before. Then absolutely do that. If you want to plug through an entire list for the completionist value and do that as well, mm. you'll see some absolutely beautiful hidden gems that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. I'm, I'm really, really pleased I did it because it gave me a big appreciation for, for cinema in general as well as some specific great films. Because both, both CJ and I are doing something similar with books, actually. Um, the BBC did a big read hun- top 100 list mm-hmm. and um, I'm reading through... Well, I was saying I'm going to read at least 75 of them because I think I don't want to force myself to keep reading a book I'm not enjoying. But um, I think CJ is doing the same. And that's, uh, similarly, actually, kind of books I... I've been on my list for a while, or books I've not really come across and tried them out. So it's it's, it's fun. A book is, is a bigger investment than a film, isn't it? Well, that's a it. If you don't like a film, you it's can't really put a book on in the background, can you? Not really. No. I, and also, I'm not going for the whole audio book thing, which I know some people do. I, I don't think that that counts for these purposes. Uh, Are you saying I haven't read War and Peace? That's what I'm saying, Rich. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so this is the only reason I got on the podcast was to make that announcement. <laughs> uh, I also haven't read War and Peace. Um, or listen to it, or seen any versions of it. Uh, one of the things I noticed about the IMDb list is that recent films, uh, as you've noted, yes. uh, can be over-promoted at times. So I presume there's some that are on there that are now kind of in the lower reaches of yeah, three figures. Um, having a look at the list now to see if there were any that were. I mean, The Dark Knight sprang there and was at number two for ages. Okay. It? But, it, but that's it's, still pretty it, high it had up. Settled, yeah. It settled down to eight by now. And I think 
if, if it's been five years or so and it's yeah. still up there. I mean, that's a great film. I'm not sure it's the eighth best film ever, but it's a, it is a great film. Um, I don't know where it is now. It's certainly not at eight, but it was yeah. in 2013. But it, it was it had reasonably settled. Okay. I, to my shame, was waiting for a point where Amelie dropped off the list All right. because I didn't want to watch it because the poster scared me. You... I've since watched that repeatedly and is one right. of my favourite films there is because it's beautiful. Plus, you hate so the French, as, as previously discussed. <laughs> um, yeah, I've only seen it once, but what a great film. Yeah. It's wonderful. Uh, well thank you for that um, hey uh, you the listener if you um, have done the same thing or want to do the same thing or, or plan to do the same thing um, let us know at cdzmovies at gmail.com um, or at cdzmovies on twitter we'd be interested to know uh, how that goes for you as well and if you've got any recommendations off the back of that um, we move on then to our, our main segment of the day um, films beginning with the letter R now this I've got a spreadsheet on the go Rich um, sure so thanks the, the sound you'll hear is me tapping away on it uh, what I suggest we do um is we go through our list ten to one in, uh, in in kind of alternating between us. Uh, then I'll rattle through all the suggestions we've got, and we've got a definitive scoring system, uh, whereby we're giving uh, points uh, one through to ten. Uh, everyone else suggests and gets one point each. Um, then I do a little bit of sorting in Excel, and I announce the top ten. It's worked for us before. Fantastic. I'm sure it'll work for us again. Uh, do you want to kick us off with your um, what comes in at number ten? I, I have a question which affects my list before okay. we start. Um, how do we feel about Lord of the Rings The Return of the King as beginning with R? Um, my view is that that begins with L. And I thought that would be the case. Um, in fact, whilst we're thinking of that, I'll just quickly... Uh, I've had six suggestions which I've discounted I've, um, I've, from, from my view. Because James Scott, my friend, hi James, um, we'll come back to the other films later, but he suggested Return of the Jedi. Um, which again I'm saying begins with S for Star Wars. Uh, Andy Coogan suggested revolving doors and then realised he meant sliding doors. So that's out. <laughs> um, my cousin Bethany suggested rings, comma the Lord of the. Um, that's out. Uh, Juliet suggested Rashomon, um, but then admitted she hadn't seen it. Um, so Juliet, we'll cover your other films in a bit, but um, I'm not counting that. I would like to put a vote in for Rashomon as a great film that I know by reputation, but absolutely haven't seen, and I know I should like. Well, there you go. You and Juliet agree with each other. Um, uh, Luke suggested Creed. Uh, I'll come back to the other films, Luke, and explain <laughs> what happened. And um, someone that you know called Julie Birch um, suggested Roger Rabbit, which I'm afraid I'm discounting because it's called Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Again, great film. If we ever do the top ten films with W, I expect it to uh, to, to feature. Right, are you, are you ready to go? I am ready to go. I've subtracted one from nine films. Good work. In at number 10, I have the Japanese version of The Ring. So the original Ooh, Ring. Straight in with the horror. Okay. Yeah. Having said I'm not into slasher horror, the, the Japanese style of horror where it's, it's suspenseful and it's, it leads to one moment that stops your heart. It's just it's, it's, a, it's great. I watched that with a load of um, Amdram theatre events many, many years ago and it's a great evening. It's, it's, it's such a compelling film. Um, so that was in at 10 for me. Cool. Have, have you seen the American version? Uh, no. no, I've I've seen neither version, so I can't um, uh, I can't comment. Um, other than I've seen clips and parodies, um, it looks scary. <laughs> uh, in at ten for me is Rebecca, um, Alfred Hitchcock film, fairly early on in his in his uh, career, or before a lot of his hits, um, starring I think Joan Fontaine, who was Oscar nominated. Did may even have won the Oscar actually. Um, it's a version of a, of a great book uh, by Daphne Dumoyer, um, also starring Laurence Olivier. Yeah, it's just it's just wonderfully shot. You, you can kind of tell it's it's Hitchcock, um, but he's he's been a little bit more restrained. I think slightly restrained by the producers in this one um, because he wasn't the big name he became. Um, so it's not quite as out there as say a Psycho or, or something like that. But it's it's very well shot, very emotional, very well performed. Um, and if you don't know the twist. It's got a great twist. If you do know the twist, it's still got a great twist, I suppose, but uh, you, just, you just know it. Uh, at nine, I went with The Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Ooh, okay. Um, remind me, that's the first of the most recent ones? It is, it? yes. So the the one with John Lithgow in. There's a lot of the reason why I chose that. The, the, the whole the Andy Serkis performance of Caesar is wonderful throughout, but John mm. Lithgow whom I know and adore from things like Third Rock from the Sun where he's oh, yeah. this, this wonderfully strategically overacting comedy genius puts in this amazing sensitive 
performance of somebody with with um, Alzheimer's, and mm. it, he's he's a wonderful, wonderful actor, and it was really kind of beautiful performance in that as well. So it, it had all of that clever CGI stuff that I love Andy Serkis for, and then John Lithgow, who I idolise, and then there's this lovely sensitive performance there as well, and the, the film itself is great. I've I have seen this one. I've not seen the other Apes films or the other recent ones. Um, I, I must admit, I I didn't love this one. I. I didn't dislike it, but it wasn't kind of rush out and see the sequels. But I'm told that they get better as they go. I don't know whether you agree with that. I, I sort of like this one for its its simplicity because it was smaller scale. I thought some of it got lost the larger okay. scale the films went. So I, I feel the opposite. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so like James Franco, who um, I think is he can be a fantastic actor, and sometimes he can really phone it in. And this was <laughs> somewhere between those two, I guess. I don't think it was one of his kind of stellar performances, but. Um, but then I saw um, the disaster artist. He's absolutely phenomenal. So he's he's wonderful in the disaster yeah. artist. I I have the room on my list as an honourable mention. Oh right, uh, you're not because <laughs> I only... love it for all of the wrong reasons. You're not the only one. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've had that as a nomination. But uh, yes, I've no, I've never seen the room. Um, but I, I mean, I still love the disaster artist. I, I I know I know enough about the room to know what's going on. Just I, about. I feel yeah. like I shouldn't encourage it, but I I love it. Right. It's it's like it's it's like the little kid that you know he's playing up, and you know you shouldn't reward his behaviour. <laughs> but oh, he's entertaining. <laughs> I've heard some interviews with uh, with the guy behind it, and yeah, it's just nuts. It's like it's like where yeah. where'd you get two million for the budget or whatever it was? And he's like, oh, well, I just saved up money for my job at the garage. It's like, Selling leather jackets, I think, is yeah. the official. Oh dear. Um, in at nine for me and you're not going to be happy with me Rich um, this moved up and down my list a few times um, but on the basis I've only seen it once and, and um, should should probably get back to it it's Rain Man um, I I won't talk too much about it because I'm sure you'll want to talk more about it uh, later I, I think it is it is great I've got a lot of good films on this list uh, I love Tom Cruise I say Dr. Tom is great um, but just because it's so long since I've seen it I couldn't remember it as well as some of the other films on the list so um it, this, I can see how, as a whole film, there's, there's bits of it that wouldn't necessarily sell it for everyone. Uh, the the whole reason I love it so much is just because of how Dustin Hoffman's poor performance just speaks to me. It's just so so wonderful, and it's it's just I, I watch it for that performance, and everything else is almost incidental. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, I, th- I I did enjoy the, the the brother dynamic a lot as well, and it's the kind of film Tom Cruise doesn't really make that much these days, but. Um... Mm. But, at the but top- he's, he's a good fit for that character. The sort of you start off obnoxious, and then he learns about himself, and he grows, and then, and then he's lovely and charming. Yeah, yeah, and because he, he's kind of, kind of this this arrogant belief in that, he, yeah, he can he can deal with the problem. They realise is actually quite a lot harder than uh, than he thought. And the, uh, one of the best things for me is is the one where um where he's trying to persuade them to let his brother stay with him, and and uh, his brother saying he wants to stay, but then he gets asked, does he want to go somewhere else? He's like, oh, I want to do that as well. So it was, uh, yeah, uh, very moving. But I'm sure we'll hear about that one again uh, further up the list. Um, what have you what have you got in at eight? I have Rocky Four. <laughs> I knew you were going to do Rocky Four. <laughs> it's the best Rocky film. <laughs> End of debate. <laughs> uh, I fear, I fear you're wrong there. Uh, it, it will in, in both your claim and the the end of the debate. <laughs> but for, make state your case. Why is it the best Rocky film? It's got the line: "If he dies, he dies. You don't need anything else." <laughs> Brilliant. Dolph Lundgren, yes, please. Uh, it's not even the best Rocky film featuring Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> um, Rocky Four is the best Rocky film, and that is an end on it. Uh, you're going to have in for nasty shock when I get further up my list. Um, it's let's talk Rocky Four because I'll, I'll give you a sneak preview. Rocky Four does not feature in my list. Um, <laughs> you shock me. Uh, I I re- actually I rewatched it um, earlier this year, or maybe last year, maybe last year um, for the first time in in many years. Um, I think Dolph Lundgren is phenomenal in it. I love the the training montages in the snow. The the kind of the death of Apollo Creed is very moving. But that robot, Rich, that robot, I can't get I can't get away from it. Rocky buys it's, Paulie a talking robot that Rocky then falls that, that, that then falls in love with Paulie. What what's going on? It's symbolic of the trappings of fame. But they did that with a pinball machine in uh, Rocky Three. That was. Uh, yeah, but it's a robot. A pinball <laughs> machine doesn't bring you drinks. Uh, that's difficult to argue with. Um, uh, it's got some good songs in it um, and some terrible musical cues. Um, in at eight for me is a better Rocky film, um, Rocky Balboa. The uh, the return of Rocky after many years uh, came out in about 2005. Um, it's kind of an older 
older Rocky, he's got... Um, well, he, he is still fighting in this one, actually. Uh, but he's kind of... His, his wife, Adrian, has died. He's he's getting getting older. It's um, just him and Paulie. Uh, and he kind of gets coaxed out of retirement to uh, to fight a young up-and-comer. But it's... The reason it's so good for me is it's... Um, I think Sylvester Sloan has really found the different edge to this character. Um, it's not kind of just the, the brash young guy he, he was. He's kind of... He's, Old, he's looking back on his life. He's reflecting on his, his on, on mortality in some ways, but also on, on his his own history. Um, I thought it was really touching, um, which he did again even better in Creed, which he was uh, he got various nominations. I think he got Oscar nominated for it as well, um, and may even have won a BAFTA. Uh, so this one, he's, he's still. So when it got to Creed, he, he was playing kind of very very frail and kind of has cancer and stuff. But um, and this one, he's, he's not playing that old. He's, he's still in the ring. But I thought it was a really nice way to return to the, to the series. Have you seen Balboa? No, no, I haven't. But I have seen Rocky Four, so I don't need to say anymore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, what's next? Uh, seven is Baz Luhrmann's version of Romeo and Juliet. Nice. I just adore, and I think it's clever. And Pete Postlethwaite is a legend. Yeah, it's, it. I mean, our sneak preview. It's going to be in my list as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it is. It's, it's a fantastic score, fantastic cast, uh, really great visuals, um, and yeah, sticking to the original script more or less. Um, yeah, they're calling the gun swords so they can stick with the script. Yes, it's, it's so clever. I really, really enjoyed it. And one of the most, I mean, spoilers for Romeo and Juliet, but um, one, <laughs> one of the most uh, moving finales of a film I've ever seen. It gets me every time when it plays. Uh, Plays Radiohead off the of the end credits, um, oh, and Mercutio just throughout, and his his final monologue, he's wonderful, wonderful. And yeah, obviously Leo and uh, and Claire Danes who have both gone uh, to great careers uh, are so good together. And Natalie Portman was going to be the that role, I think, with her. She looked too young. Uh, for Juliet. For Juliet, yeah. Fine. Uh, I think the, the the problem was that. Um, she made. Well, it wasn't so much that she looked too young, but she also, she made Leo look too old. I think the age, oh, the age okay. difference was too obvious between them. Um, um, these days, of course, Leo doesn't have such a problem with age differences um, they, with his uh, girlfriends. Um, uh, much like a robot butler, that's one of the trappings of fame, Colin. That's, that's right. Do you, do you think Leonardo DiCaprio has a robot butler? He probably has a robot butler. <laughs> if I were Leonardo DiCaprio, I would have two robot butlers. Yeah. But just the one Oscar. Um, we where are we going? Number number seven for me is uh, Raging Bull. Speaking of um, speaking of Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro earlier, I, I watched this a couple of times, and, and the first time I didn't. I'm not sure I really got it. To be honest, um, it was only kind of coming back the second time I realised how good it was. Where it's because it, it's a boxing film, but it's it's so much more than that. I think someone once said all, all the best sports films uh, aren't really about sport, and this is yeah, this is kind of a. a, a it's a really heartbreaking story. So this guy who, um, who's, who's mean to his, I don't know if his wife or girlfriend at the, at the start, and then he kind of falls in love and he has this career going, and then it, you kind of see his decline where he he turns on this new girl as well, um, and you see him kind of um, the, the glories of the boxing, but then the, the decline afterwards, and this this amazing final scene where he's kind of this, this huge overweight guy trading on former glories and he's doing a, the, the speech from on the waterfront I could have been a contender um, an amazing performance from Robert De Niro for sure I found Raging Bolt for a pound in a pound shop good work and I haven't seen it and I bought it and I still haven't seen it but I've, I've got it as a, as a bargain to watch Is that, so oh, it surprised made that, my list I'm surprised that's not didn't, didn't make it in time to be his top 100 if I'm honest um, okay might have been in the hundred. It wasn't in the fifty. Oh, fifty, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think my, my favourite Scorsese film is is King of Comedy, but this might be second favourite. Might be Goodfellas. It's, it's certainly one of my favourite Scorsese's. So definitely worth a watch. At six, then I have Reservoir Dogs. Ah, the the reason that you uh, got into indeed listening first. And I'll proudly say I've seen it, and it is great. And it should probably be higher up on this list, but it's a personal list, and six is where it landed. Fair enough. How, how are you with Tarantino in general? He does what he does very well. I 
no problem with all of the swearing. I think that's fine. In fact, I think it's quite funny because I'm a pure owl person. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, I, for the style that it is, the cartoonized hyper-violence, it works, it does what it does, and it, he does it well. He, he does, he has that shock value cinema. But then there's, there's logic and reason to it, and it carries through. Um, I think he's a genius. Fair enough. I've, I must admit, I've only seen Pulp Fiction. Um, I, I, yeah, it's weird. I, I, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure he is a genius. Um, but I, I struggle with. Well, I really struggle with drugs on film. It makes me feel very ill. Um, so there's quite a lot of that in Pulp Fiction, and some of the violence just. I know what he's doing. I just don't. It's not for me. Um, for sure. Uh, in for me at six is the Railway Children, a childhood classic. <laughs> um, this one is something to uh, to nostalgia, I'm sure. But uh, used to watch this quite a bit. A lovely story, and again, a great moving finale um, as well, which I'll read to for our listeners if they haven't seen it. But um, Jenny Agatha uh, is superb, and it's just a great adaptation. And they, having read the book, they probably made the right call to cut all the stuff on the canal boat because you don't need it. Uh, five, then, I have Rear Window. Wonderful, beautiful film. Mm. I um, It breaks my heart every time I see it because I'm in desperately in love with Grace Kelly and I don't oh, think yeah. that will ever work out no I I think she's married and dead so it's going to be um, it's going to be tricky tell you what I've, I've also got this at five so let's talk about it together um, it's I mean I love Jimmy Stewart as mm-hmm. listeners will know um, I think Hitchcock is amazing that he saw in him what he did because he, he done, spent so much of his career in the kind of the Frank Capra this wonderful life nice yeah, guy yeah. stuff and he's not a bad guy by any means unless he's the hero but you kind of hidden depths in this and vertigo Hitchcock really, I mean <laughs> this is not the vision to pull someone out of the letterbox the, the the pigeonhole that everybody sees them in and put them into something else and just let them flourish and grow and this, this performance mm. comes out of it that no one is expecting it's, it's wonderful just to have the faith in the skills you've seen him put somewhere else and just have that in, in yeah. a different different place it was it's great yeah and, this, and he is wonderful because uh, obviously he's he's holed up he doesn't get much in the way of action but you just kind of just see his, again it's, it's another performance where there is nowhere to hide hmm. it, it's yeah. just about him sat in a chair yeah his, his character is all that is carrying that performance it, it's great yeah cool so i said that's number five for me as well so um what is your number four it's Rush Hour. Interesting. Which makes me laugh a lot, a lot, a lot. Love it. Anyone that spends any time with me at work will know me and my boss spend about an hour a week easily just quoting Rush Hour back and forwards to each other. We have a good old time. Just the first one? Something or... about... Um, I love them all. Okay. I think I love them more as they go on just because they start becoming homages to themselves. And it, it oh, just gets yeah. sillier and sillier. And they're... they're they're almost certainly worse films as they go, but I enjoy them more. Uh, was there, I'm sure there was talk of a new Rush Hour coming. I don't know if there that's... is. Yes, it's in the works. Yeah, brilliant. It's just the 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 juxtaposition of hyper polite Jackie Chan and just obnoxious Chris Tucker. The way they play off each other, the way they love each other, it's just it's the chemistry is brilliant. I uh, I have seen it. Yes, it's um, it's good fun. It's good fun. Um, in for me at four is a film that came out this year, um, which is Rocket Man, um, mm-hmm. starring Taron Egerton as Elton John. Um, Zizi and I did a whole episode on it, so go and listen to that if you want to uh, hear our thoughts. But it's it's a beautiful, beautifully told story. It's got, I mean, obviously a great soundtrack, but it's um, not afraid to do different things with it. It's not it's, it's not just kind of straight uh, biopic by any means. Um, so you get. Uh, it, I mean, it's a musical rather than rather than a biopic of a musician. So you get these kind of um, singing scenes that aren't. Yeah, the huge narrative. imagination that comes out of it. I realise yeah. Rocket Man is actually the film I've most recently seen at the cinema. So ignore oh, what okay. I said about John Wick Three. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, and this I mean, it could well be my favourite film of the year. Um, I think I think it is my favourite film of the year so far. It's uh, it was kind of marketed as all oh, not so yeah people talking about this kind of all this. It's a lot um, of drugs and sex and all that stuff, and, and there is that there. But I think more more key to it really is is the personality, the characters. I mean, Jamie mm-hmm. Bell is phenomenal as Bernie Taupin. Um, Taron Egerton is, is superb, and yeah, the soundtrack was uh, was uh, something I really, just really do really frequently earlier this year. I've got the he's, he's going from strength to strength. He's 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 a great guy. In a great yeah, actor. I mean, Taron Egerton should be in the Oscar conversation come next year. The only reason he might not do as well as he should is is because they gave it to. 
Rami Malek for, for Freddie Mercury last year and there might be a feeling it's too similar although the films themselves are very different I think so. Cool, what's uh, right? We're into the the bronze medal position. What is it? What have we got? It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Which, uh, since that was its original title, I will accept that and not claim it's Indiana Jones. So, good work. It's great. I don't think I need to explain that. Cool. <laughs> Just definitively, anytime I'm saying, I, I've, I've spoken to a few of my friends about this list this week, oh, yeah. and they've said films beginning with R. And R, it turns out, is quite a tricky letter. I don't know if you found this. Um, I um, find it a lot easier. Every th- conversation has been Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nice. Absolutely. It's interesting. I, I didn't actually. I, we've done a few of these. We've done an S, which I think there's loads of films for. D, I actually found very difficult. Um, um, we've, I've not yet persuaded Zidane to do a Z list, um, which I think <laughs> is going to be very tricky to get 10 films out of. Um, but no, this one, I, I had a few that. I, I, I didn't write them down, but there are a few kind of well, things like Rebel Without a Cause was a near miss that I'd love to have gotten here, but I couldn't quite um, sneak in. Uh, in at three for me is Roman Holiday. Um, speaking of of, um, of Grace Kelly, this is uh, a woman who I would claim is is possibly the most attractive actress of all time. It's Audrey Hepburn, who is just <sighs> sorry, um, is wonderful. Uh, Audrey Hepburn, Gregory Peck. It was it was Audrey Hepburn's kind of um, not her first film, but it was it was kind of when she became big. There's the great story. Gregory Peck um, was. It's kind of he's doing well in his career and he was going to be the only name above the title and he basically said to his agent you've got to put Audrey Hepburn's name next to it because I'm going to look really stupid when she wins the Oscar um, which I think she did she certainly got nominated I can't remember if she won or not uh, it's, have you seen Roman Holiday? I haven't no, it's, um, so it's uh, he, he, she is a a uh, minor royal minor European royal they don't specify the country uh, he is a journalist and they kind of um, spend the day together and she thinks he doesn't know she who she is, uh, but he does. And uh, yeah, I love Gregory oh, Peck. It's Aladdin. It's 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 Aladdin. Yeah, it's not dissimilar to Aladdin in some ways, um, but with more vespers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I love Gregory Peck. I love Audrey Hepburn. I love them together. Uh, it's funny. It's it's romantic. Um, it's got the Colosseum. What more do you want? There's simply nothing else you can ask. No. Except maybe a robot butler. <laughs> yeah, that got cut from the script at a late stage. Um, oh, it's also I, I, I enjoy journalism films as well. And it's got some great kind of kind of uh, screwball scenes with the editor. It's like get out of here. I, I love it with that. Okay, silver medal. Where's it going? It's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Nice. It's a very important film to me personally. It's uh, symbolic of a time in my life when I first got into acting, and this was like, it was a big film that loads of my Amdram friends were into. We used to watch it, and it was a big. We got really into it. I like. I know every word. I've seen it an absolute ton of times, and it, it's an absolute scream. And I love it. Cool. Big, big number um, two on my list. I have not seen it, although I've seen clips from it with you. Um, but I don't think I've seen it uh, all the way through. Uh, I've seen Meatloaf crashing through a wall with you. Um, yeah, we were playing Not Meatloaf, I imagine. We played Not Meatloaf. Um, if you want to know the rules to Not Meatloaf, uh, Richard, can you quickly explain the rules to Not Meatloaf? There's a, there's a scene in the Rocky Horror Show where Meatloaf's character comes on, he crashes through a wall on a motorbike, as you've said. Um, that's a stuntman who does that. So it's Not Meatloaf when you first see Meatloaf. And the very first time it is Meatloaf is when his foot comes down off the motorbike and that's Meatloaf's foot. So when you're playing Not Meatloaf, you point mm. at things that aren't Meatloaf which in, in the first instance is meatloaf. You say, not, yeah. not, and then when it first is meatloaf, you say meatloaf. And then you can play that just in your day, just naming things that are not meatloaf. Any film you're watching um, can identify actors who are not meatloaf. There's a trickier game in Fight Club. It's slightly uh, where trickier. There, where there is a meatloaf, but most films it's quite easy. Um, uh, okay, number two for me is Romeo and Juliet, which we've already talked about. Uh, absolutely stunning film. Unbelievably, um, didn't do. I, I was looking how many Oscars it got, and I think it got like nominated for sound or something. It's, it's a crazy. It should have won loads of them. Uh, okay, number one spot: the tension. I can't. I can't imagine possibly what it is. Um, uh, it's 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 Rain Man oh. for all of the reasons previously outlined twice. Brilliant. Um, then the top ten. So the number one rather for me. Um, the greatest Rocky film, it's Rocky. Um, absolutely stunning, uh, stunning film written by Sly Stallone. Uh, he was basically out of work actor. He 
got the off- offer for the script and said he refused to sell it if they didn't let him play the lead, which is incredible, really, at the stage he was at. <laughs> he had to sell his dog. He was so poor, uh, which is the dog that was in the film, and he later bought back uh, at a much inflated price. Um, I think Rocky has got reputation for being quite cheesy. See, see Robot Butler. Um, but if you watch this first one, it's it's up. The, I mean, it was the same year as Taxi Driver, and it beat it to the Oscar, and, and I think it deserved to. It's it's that kind of great. Check it out. Um, I'm going to quickly rattle through the suggestions we've had. We don't have much sure. time. In fact, I think we've we've already gone over the hour. But I'll well, I'll cut some stuff. Um, I'll cut that time that I got uh, Magnificent Seven mixed up with Dirty Dozen. I don't know. I won't look like an idiot. You can um, cleverly cut around me saying the best Rocky film is Rocky. That'd be great. Yes, I just cut out every time you said the word four. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, Mum suggested Rebecca. Um, Dad suggested the railway children. Dad also suggested Rear Window. Um, my friend James suggested Raiders Lost Ark. And Robin Hood, he was um, in particular the, the Disney version, which is obviously the best the best one. Uh, Tony um, suggested Ratatouille Red, Red 2, which are both quite fun, actually, uh, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, my brother suggested Rebecca, The Room. There you go, there's a vote for The Room. Yeah. Uh, and a film called Razzle Dazzle, which apparently isn't a fun Australian thing, which I don't, haven't seen. A uh, friend Darren said uh, Rear Window. A um, friend Smudger said Roxanne, which I haven't seen. Uh, Judy suggested Ryan's Daughter, which I haven't seen or indeed heard of, but it's this kind of uh, big, I think it's a World War II epic romance, I think, which looked quite good, good cast. Uh, Andy redeemed himself from his revolving doors moment by suggesting Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, your friend, my friend Rob Rowe, um, suggested The Revenant, uh, which is where Leo got his aforementioned uh-huh. Oscar. Double points for him because he's a Rob Rowe. So yes, if we had to list, if we had to list our favourite people beginning with the letter R, uh, Rob and of course you, Rich, would um, would be joint top of my list. Apologies to any other. People I've not thought of. Um, my cousin said Rent. Uh, Juliet suggested Reservoir Dogs and Raging Bull. Uh, another vote for The Revenant from Joshua. He also went for Robocop. Um, oh. Dave Park Froud, who came on when we did the top 10 for D, he suggested Rushmore. Um, and another vote for Ratatouille. I don't know whether that's because he's got kids now or whether he actually uh, watched it before that. Uh, Danny Lopez, a friend of mine, uh, suggested Rambo and Riddick, which I think are interesting votes because um, both of them are titles that people probably associate with the first of the films in the series, but in fact are respectively the fifth and third films in that series. And I don't know whether <laughs> which one he's going for. <laughs> oh no, maybe maybe no Rambo's the four fourth one, maybe. Anyway, um I only saw the first Rambo film, which is called First Blood, uh, which was good. Uh, Philip has suggested Run Lola Run which speaking of you speaking earlier of dubs versus subtitles has got one of the worst dubs I've ever heard I listened to about a minute of it and went to the subtitle um, <laughs> it's a German film called Lola Rain I think or something like that um, and Diana's gone for Rain Man and Run Fat Boy Run the, the Simon Pegg film uh, Luke has gone for Rocky Rocky 2 Rocky 3 Rocky 4 Rocky 5 Rocky Balboa he also voted for Creed but uh, I took that one off the list uh, Die has gone for Rio which is about uh, animated film about a parrot uh, James hi James has gone for Requiem for a Dream uh, we've got votes of Raging Bull from uh, Andrew and from Eve and Pete who have also gone for Rise of the Gardens Ray Romancing the Stone Return to Oz Red uh, Rachel's gone for Raw <sighs> Roman's gone for Rust and Bone which was a late vote and I've not looked it up do you know Rust and Bone no I've never heard of it and I didn't sounds cool yeah good title um, right, we're on to people who commented on your Facebook, Rich. Uh, we've got Julie Birch, who went for Roxanne and Restless Natives. Uh, I don't know Restless Natives, I must admit. Uh, we've got a genuine vote for Rashomon from Paul Walker. Uh, your dad has gone for Raiders of the Lost Ark, Rainbow Man. I don't know that one. Um, do you know Rainbow Man? It might be Rain Man. Ah, uh, maybe. Rainbow Man. Um, um, the, ooh, if it is, that changes the list a bit. Let's, let's say it is Rain Man, because... Uh, I don't think Rainbow Man's a thing. Uh, delete you. Uh, he's gone for the Railway Children as well. Uh, Red Sun. I don't know Red Sun. No, I don't. I feel I should. Hi, Dad. Sounds Russian. Uh, Ring of Bright Water, which actually was fairly close to my list. as a, as a, a heartbreaking story of a man and his otter. Uh, Robin Hood. He didn't specify which version, but I'm assuming it's the Disney version because it's the best version. Uh, Rock, Rocky, <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show went for. Uh, Return to the Forbidden Planet and The Rescuers. Uh, Janice Palmer has gone for Rayman and someone called Anna Ballester has gone for Repo the Genetic Opera what's that all about? any ideas? I have to ask him okay 
Uh, right. If, I, if we if we do suggest that your dad has gone for Rain Man, that does change the top ten. So that's uh, let's say he has three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. Uh, are you ready, Richard? Born ready. Cool. But are you ready now? Yes. Good. Um, we've got eleven films in the top ten. Um, because I wasn't ready. Because <laughs> uh, four of them are have got seven points. Uh, which are Raging Bull, which got four from me and three from our listeners, uh, Rocket Man, which got seven from me, and The Railway Children got five from me and two of my listeners, and Rush Hour that got seven from you. So those are the uh, uh, all in a joint eighth, I guess. Um, then we have uh, Roman Holiday with eight, uh, Rocket Horror Picture Show with ten, which is uh, exclusively votes from the Baldwins. Um, Rocky got eleven, definitively uh, without a doubt the best Rocky film. It's now. It's nice. not on the list. You can't argue with it. Nice. Uh, Raided Lost Ark is in at four with uh, 12 points. Uh, eight from you and four from our listeners. It was the most popular one with our listeners, in fact. Uh, Romeo and Juliet uh, gets the silver, uh, the bronze medal, rather, with 13 points between us. Uh, and then both the top two films have got votes from both of us and from our, our listeners as well. So in at uh, two is Rear Window with 14 points. Uh, but leading the way um, with 15 points, the greatest film beginning with letter R, it's definitive, it's Rain Man. Hey. So there you go. Uh, you must be pleased with that result, Rich. Very pleased. Good stuff. Um, we'll move on then. So I think we're going to skip the, the active factor because we because of time, but we'll move on to the quiz. Now, tradition dictates that when I have a guest on here and we do the quiz, I lose. That, that seems to happen almost every time. Uh, although I think I might have snuck a draw last time. Um, and this time we're quizzing on uh, Casablanca. What a what a great, great film Casablanca is. Wonderful, wonderful film. Um, both of us uh, rewatched it this week in preparation for this uh, this quiz. Um, and partly because I've only seen it once before, um, which is ridiculous because it is one of my favourite films. Uh, I'm going to kick us off, Rich. With sure. the question one, uh, six of the film's lines have made it into the American Film Institute's 100 Best Movie Quotes. Can you give me three of them? Here's looking at you, kid. Very good. That is the highest ranking. Um, uh, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Uh, yeah, that, that is the second highest ranking. Uh, round up usual suspects. And that is the fourth highest ranking. Very good. Um, uh, of all the gin joints and all the bars in all the world. That is also there. She walked into mine. Do you want to... There's uh, two more. Do you think you can do them all? Uh, we'll always have Paris in there. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. So just one more. And and the misquote. It's it's not played against Sam. It's play it play it as play as time goes by. Oh, it's a clean sweep. Very impressive. Um, and uh, I think there was another nomination for uh, the. Doesn't take much to see that the problems of three people in this uh, don't amount to hill of beans or something like that. But, um... Oh, wonderful! It's just it's just it's just an absolute testament to the how how amazing the film is. Six quotes from the same. Yeah, film. and I think the next highest is three, but it's and. It's amazing actually how most of those actually in this kind of maybe a 10 minute sequence towards the end or 15 minutes maybe just oh, so good, so good. Uh, hit me with your first question, Rich. First question. Um, Casablanca is rightly considered one of the greatest films of all time, but how many Academy Awards did it win? Ooh, I did see this. Um, I think it was three. It was three. Do you know bonus points which? Um, it was... Whatever their version of best picture was, I think outstanding achievement in motion mm-hmm. picture, wasn't it? Uh, best adapted screenplay. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure about the third best director. It was well done. Mm. Uh, I won't claim a bonus point, but I'm pleased with that. Um, speaking of best director, uh, question two: Who directed Casablanca? It was Max. Max, someone. Uh, Steiner. Michael Curtis, I'm afraid. Oh, I'm thinking of the music. That's why. Uh, um, long-term listeners will know that I get to see you with the direction director questions because you, <laughs> you always forget to look it up. Um, it's the courtesy detail. Nice. Question two. What is Rick doing the first time we meet him in the film? He is playing chess by himself. He is. Uh, question three what is the name of the stage play that Casablanca is based on which also forms a line of dialogue in the film everybody comes to Rick's very good uh, okay Dooley Wilson who played Sam 
was not playing piano in the film, but he was a musician. Which instrument did he play professionally? Ooh, I have absolutely no idea. Um, so it's going to be a case of guessing an instrument. Uh, I am going to say um, the uh, saxophone. Uh, it's the drums. Drums, oh, fair enough. Uh, question four. Which European port are various characters trying to get to during the film? Lisbon. Lisbon. That well, question would have been harder if you hadn't seen the film this week. <laughs> <laughs> Apocryphally, <laughs> the role of Rick was claimed to originally have been offered to somebody else. So um, Humphrey Bogart was not the studio. This is it's the hard. I, I this was a fact that I knew, and then I looked up and said it was apocryphal. But it's a famous okay. factoid. So I'm asking you a question. Yes. That is false, but it's fun. Okay, so it's it's not true, but right, but uh, published after the event in an article in the press. Um, <laughs> um which, who who was famously considered to be the first choice for the studio to play the role of Rick. That's a great question, um, and I don't know the answer, so I'm just going to be picking an actor from vaguely around that time, um, and it's going to be Cary Grant. Uh, it was reportedly Ronald Reagan. I, uh, that's annoying, because I did see that, and I'd forgotten. Uh, okay. Um, um, it turns out he was never offered the role, and he was in the army at the time. Fair enough. So do what you will with that. That's, that's, a, that's a bum question. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, Cary Grant was also rumoured to... <laughs> Um, right, well, uh, one question after each. You're winning 3-2, and you're going to win this, Rich, because uh, question five is, what game is Rick playing by himself when he first appears on screen? It's chess. It is indeed chess. So I can't win it, but can I claim back some pride with the last question? So, um, during the film, um, Humphrey Bogart was either stood on blocks, or they were sat down, or Ingrid Bergman was in a hole to make it look like that Humphrey was taller than her. Huh. Um, Humphrey Bogart was five foot eight. How tall was Ingrid Bergman? Uh, five foot ten. She was five foot ten. Lovely. <laughs> I did not know that. That's fun. That's fun. Uh, well, congratulations, Rich. You've maintained the tradition of me always losing uh, these things uh, with a four-three victory. I think we can both hold our heads up high with that one. That's, a, that's they're good scores. Um, if you, the listener, have not seen uh, Casablanca, make that the next thing you do. Um, Richard, it's been a great. Great pleasure having you on on the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I've I've loved it. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Um, I never know how, how to end these things, so um, I will. I usually end by saying what we're going to do next time, uh, but we don't know. So uh, uh, join us next time when Zijan will be back, and we'll be doing something. Uh, thank you, Richard. Thank you. Bye.